Decision Podcasts by the New York Prosecutors Training Institute are made possible by VoicePods. Convert your text to voice at voicepods.com. Read this decision at NIPT Law. www.nypti.org slash law. People versus Carlos Torres, decided on October 12, 2021. Garcia, J. In a 14-year period ending in 2013, New York City recorded more than 4,700 traffic-related fatalities. Many of the victims were pedestrians and bicyclists. In response, the city launched a Vision Zero initiative in 2014 that included the enactment of an administrative code of the City of New York, known as the Right-of-Way Law. That law makes it a misdemeanor for a driver, while failing to exercise due care, to make contact with a pedestrian or bicyclist who has the right-of-way, and thereby cause physical injury. Defendants, each convicted of violating the right-of-way law, claim that the statute is unconstitutional, arguing that it violates due process by employing an ordinary care, mens rea and is preempted by state law. We reject those challenges and affirm in each case. I. These appeals involve fatal accidents on Manhattan streets. In Torres, defendant, driving a truck, made a right turn, striking and killing a pedestrian inside a crosswalk with the walk signal in her favor. In Lewis, defendant was at the wheel of a bus that struck and ran over a bicyclist, causing the rider to suffer fatal injuries. Each defendant was charged with violating the right-of-way law, a misdemeanor, and a traffic infraction. Both defendants moved on similar grounds to dismiss the count charging a violation of the right-of-way law. Defendants asserted that the right-of-way law's ordinary negligence mens rea violates due process because the standard is both impermissibly vague and legally insufficient for imposing criminal liability. Defendants also made two preemption arguments, asserting that the right-of-way law impermissibly punishes more severely the same conduct proscribed by Vehicle and Traffic Law Section 1146, and that the right-of-way law's use of ordinary negligence as a culpable mental state is prohibited by Article 15 of the Penal Law. In each case, the court denied defendants' motion. Torres, by plea, and Lewis, following a bench trial, were convicted of violating this vehicle and traffic law and the right-of-way law. On appeal, both defendants reasserted their challenges to the latter statute's validity. Adopting the same analysis in each case, the appellate term unanimously rejected those arguments and affirmed, People v. Lewis. With respect to the due process claim, the court held that, Given that statutes imposing strict liability, particularly with regard to public welfare offenses, have passed muster, there is no constitutional infirmity in an offense that requires proof of defendant's failure to exercise due care, a more culpable mental state. The court next rejected the argument that the right-of-way law is preempted by Vehicle and Traffic Law Section 1146, applying the rule that a local law that merely provides a greater penalty than state law does not run afoul of the conflict preemption doctrine. Lastly, the court held that the list of culpable mental states found in Article 15 of the Penal Law is inapplicable to offenses, defined outside the Penal Law. A judge of this court granted leave to appeal in each case. 2. Defendants raise the same constitutional arguments on appeal to this court as were raised below. That the right-of-way law violates due process and is preempted by state law. a. We consider first defendants' due process challenge namely that the state and federal constitutions require more than ordinary negligence as a culpable mental state for imposing criminal liability, 
relying primarily on the Supreme Court's decision in Ellenis v. United States. As an initial matter, the Supreme Court has never articulated a general constitutional doctrine of mens rea, Powell v. Texas. And even strict liability offenses, which require no culpable mental state, have been held by that court to pass constitutional muster. See United States v. United States Gypsum Co. Explaining that, strict liability offenses are not unknown to the criminal law and do not invariably offend constitutional requirements. Over the years, New York has codified a number of strict liability crimes, Penal Law Sections 15.10, 15.15. We have long recognized the constitutionality of such strict liability offenses, see People v. Purse, holding that a law, making possession of certain, dangerous and foul, weapons criminal, itself, was, no infringement of the Constitution. Indeed, in recognizing the validity of, public welfare offenses, that do not require a showing of any mens rea, the Supreme Court cited a decision by this court, rejecting the argument that an element of conscious wrongdoing, which is required in the prosecution of, infamous crimes, was also required to establish minor criminal violations of regulations governing tenement houses or child labor laws, see Morissette v. United States. Our legislature has also enacted laws outside the penal law that impose criminal liability based on ordinary negligence, vehicle and traffic law section 1146, imposing criminal liability on a driver who, while failing to exercise due care, collides with a pedestrian or bicyclist and causes either physical injury or serious physical injury, and agriculture and markets law section 370 imposing criminal liability on an owner of a dangerous animal who fails to exercise due care in protecting the public from such animal. We disagree with defendant's suggestion that the Supreme Court's decision in Ellenis somehow requires reconsideration of our prior case law. Ellenis involved a federal statute that was silent as to any mens rea. That silence led the court to apply the well-settled rule of statutory construction that, mere omission from a criminal enactment of any mention of criminal intent should not be read as dispensing with it. The court declined, as a matter of statutory interpretation, to have liability under the statute at issue turn on whether a, reasonable person, would regard the communication as a threat. But in doing so, the court did not hold that an ordinary negligence mens rea may never be used as a basis for criminal liability. See also United States v. Wilson, rejecting an attempt to extend Ellenis's reasoning to another statute, United States v. Kirsch. There is no need for us to infer a negligence standard, or indeed supply any standard, in this case. Unlike the statute in Ellenis, the right-of-way law explicitly provides the applicable mens rea, ordinary negligence. We therefore reject defendant's argument that the right-of-way law imposes criminal liability based on a mens rea that is insufficient as a matter of law to support criminal liability. Nor is the mens rea standard void for vagueness. Our well-established test for determining if a law possesses the certainty and definiteness mandated by due process is whether the language of the statute would indicate to reasonable persons the nature of the conduct it proscribes, people versus hardy. Failure to exercise due care is, of course, firmly established as the standard of ordinary negligence, see United States v. Neustadt, the duty to use due care, is the traditional and commonly understood legal definition of the tort of negligence, internal quotation marks omitted, Saarinen v. Kerr, a lack of due care under the circumstances, is the showing typically associated with ordinary negligence. As this court noted in People v. Grogan, the path has been pretty well cut out and emblazoned along which a person must proceed to avoid the charge of negligence. 
A statute, therefore, which made, negligent, driving of an automobile, causing injury or danger to another, a, misdemeanor, would, we may assume, be constitutional. But a statute falling short of this definiteness would cross the line as we have tried to draw it and place the offense among those vague attempts to set up crimes which have resulted in unconstitutional legislation. The path here being clearly marked, defendant's vagueness challenge fails. b. Defendant's preemption arguments must be examined in the context of our well-established rules regarding constitutional and statutory, home rule, provisions. Although a local government is constitutionally empowered to enact local laws relating to the welfare of its citizens through its police power, it is prohibited from exercising that power through the adoption of local laws that are inconsistent with the New York State Constitution or any general law of the state, People v. Dieck. Accordingly, although broad, the lawmaking power conferred upon local governments is limited by the preemption doctrine, Albany Area Builders Association v. Town of Gilderland. Conflict preemption prohibits a local government from adopting a law that is inconsistent with state law. New York State Club Association v. City of New York. Field preemption prohibits a local government from legislating in a field or area of the law where the legislature has assumed full regulatory responsibility. DJL Rest. Corp. v. City of New York. Defendants do not challenge the general authority of the city to enact local traffic laws or to make the violation of those laws a crime. Rather, defendants maintain that the city was prohibited by certain provisions in the penal law and the vehicle and traffic law from enacting a law that imposes criminal liability based on a mens rea not specifically enumerated in Article 15 of the penal law. We conclude that the right-of-way law does not run afoul of the preemption doctrine. 1. With respect to the penal law, defendants argue that various provisions of Article 15, which define four culpable mental states, demonstrate an intent by the legislature to occupy the field of culpable mental states acceptable as a basis for criminal liability. Because the right-of-way law imposes criminal liability based on a mens rea not listed in Article 15, ordinary negligence, defendants maintain that the statute conflicts with the penal law and encroaches on an area of law where the legislature has assumed full responsibility. We disagree. Article 15 of the Penal Law lists and defines four, culpable mental states, intentionally, knowingly, recklessly, and, criminal negligence, Penal Law Sections 15.00, 15.05. However, strict liability is also contemplated by Article 15. The minimal requirement for criminal liability is the performance by a person of conduct which includes a voluntary act or the omission to perform an act which such person is physically capable of performing, and, if such conduct is all that is required for commission of a particular offense. Such offense is one of strict liability, penal law section 15.10. Based on these provisions, defendants assert that the penal law's list of culpable mental states is exhaustive, and any offense defined within or outside the penal law, unless it is one of strict liability, must incorporate one of the four culpable mental states. Assuming, for the sake of argument, that Article 15 can be interpreted as limiting the culpable mental states that may be used to impose criminal liability, that purported constraint would apply to only crimes defined within the penal law itself. The provisions of the penal law govern the construction of and punishment for any offense defined outside of the penal law, unless otherwise expressly provided, or unless the context otherwise requires, Penal Law Section 5.05. The two key provisions at issue, Penal Law Section 15.00, Culpability, 
Definitions of terms, and section 15.05, culpability, definitions of culpable mental states, expressly provide otherwise by making clear that they are, applicable to this chapter, only. Further contradicting defendants' interpretation of Article 15 is the legislature's own use of an ordinary negligence mens rea for offenses defined outside the penal law. For example, as discussed, Vehicle and Traffic Law Section 1146 and Agriculture and Markets Law Section 370, which were enacted after the relevant provisions in Article 15 of the Penal Law, both employ an ordinary negligence standard for imposing criminal liability. Clearly, in defining these offenses, the legislature did not feel itself limited to the culpable mental states enumerated in the penal law. Accordingly, the legislature has neither expressly nor by implication articulated its intent to occupy this field. See Janssen Manufacturing Corp. v. County of Suffolk. No preemptive intent is evident from either the legislature's declaration of state policy in the at-issue statute or the statutory scheme which has been enacted. Nor does Penal Law Section 15.15 which governs construction of statutes with respect to culpable mental states, in any way prohibit what would otherwise be permitted. Indeed, contrary to defendants' argument, Penal Law Section 15.15 neither evinces the legislature's intent to occupy the field nor demonstrates that the list of mental states set forth in Penal Law Article 15 was meant to be exclusive. As defendants correctly point out, Penal Law 15.15 applies to offenses, defined both in and outside the penal law. However, that provision does not mandate that the list of culpable mental states designated in Article 15 is an exhaustive one that applies to offenses defined outside the penal law. Rather, it merely sets forth a well-settled rule of statutory construction that reflects the penal law's general approach to strict liability offenses. Unless the legislature has clearly indicated its intent to make a statutory offense one of strict liability, a court should read a culpable mental state into a statute that is silent on mens rea. See William C. Donino, Practice Commentary, McKinney's Cons Laws of NY, Penal Law 15.00 explaining that the rule codified in Penal Law Section 15.15 was enacted because the penal law does not favor strict liability offenses. See generally Ellenus. The right-of-way law is not silent on mens rea. Instead, it specifies a mens rea of ordinary negligence. The rule of construction contained in Penal Law Section 15.15, governing statutes that omit any mens rea, cannot be used to override that designation, and, therefore, there is no conflict with the local law. Contrary to defendants' claim, the right-of-way law is not preempted, either on a field or conflict basis, by the penal law. 2. Defendants assert that the legislature intended for the vehicle and traffic law to occupy the field of motor vehicle regulation and that the right-of-way law conflicts with the state law by punishing more harshly the same conduct as vehicle and traffic law section 1146. Again, we disagree. The provisions of the vehicle and traffic law are intended to be uniform throughout this state, vehicle and traffic law section 1600. See also section 1604. And no local government or municipality may enact or enforce any local law, ordinance, order, rule or regulation in conflict with the provisions of the vehicle and traffic law unless expressly authorized to do so. Vehicle and traffic law section 1600. However, the vehicle and traffic law also authorizes New York City to pass laws relating to, among other things, traffic on or pedestrian use of any highway including, right-of-way of vehicles and pedestrians, vehicle and traffic law section 1642. 
The right-of-way law falls within this delegation of authority, defeating defendants' field preemption claim. Defendants' conflict preemption claims fare no better. As we made clear in rejecting a preemption challenge to a city ordinance making it a misdemeanor to possess an imitation pistol, the mere fact that a local law may deal with some of the same matters touched upon by state law does not render the local law invalid, people versus duties, for a local law to be invalid pursuant to the conflict preemption doctrine. The state must specifically permit the conduct the local law prohibits or provide, some other indication that deviation from state law is prohibited, Garcia v. New York City Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. Such is not the case here. As discussed, the right-of-way law imposes liability on a driver who causes physical injury to a pedestrian or bicyclist while failing to exercise due care. See Administrative Code of City of NY Section 19-190A through C. The state law does not permit this conduct, nor is there any indication that the city is somehow constrained in prohibiting it. See Vehicle and Traffic Law Section 1146, B1. In any event, even accepting defendant's description of the purported conflict, that the right-of-way law punishes more harshly the same conduct as Vehicle and Traffic Law Section 1146, defendant's preemption argument fails. Indeed, although the right-of-way law creates a misdemeanor offense for a first-time offender, see Administrative Code of City of NY Section 19-190, B. Whereas Vehicle and Traffic Law Section 1146 creates only a traffic infraction for such an offender, see Vehicle and Traffic Law Section 1146b1, c1, we have held that a local law's imposition of a stricter penalty than a state law does not amount to a conflict for preemption purposes, see Zakharzewska v. New School. A local law may, however, provide a greater penalty than state law, see People v. Lewis, Administrative Code of the City of New York provision imposing, heavier penalties, than equivalent state law is not a difference, of such a character as to render one inconsistent with the other. In sum, the right-of-way law does not conflict with section 1146. Decision podcasts by the New York Prosecutors Training Institute are made possible by VoicePods. Convert your text to voice at voicepods.com. Read this decision at NIPT Law www.nypti.org slash law